0: Come listen with an open heart and open mind. Be ready to reset, recharge and rejuvenate your life and your business. Welcome to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast once again. Thank you for giving me your earbuds and your time and your focus week after week listening to our podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about how should you be budgeting for your business to hire a team? Before we talk about the numbers, let's talk about the mindset behind hiring a team. I've talked to many business owners who are hesitant to have a team because they have this perception or in their previous experience in the corporate, they were in a management position and they do not like managing people. So from that experience, when they become an entrepreneur, they don't want to have to manage people again. Hence, they stay as a boutique style management for their own business. So, and what do I mean by boutique style? That means very, very small operation. A lot of times it's, it's like just themselves, one person. Okay, one person. So they do it all because they don't want to to deal with people. They don't want to deal with the expense in hiring people and all the HR issues and payroll issues. I totally understand that. Okay? 100%. And I said that to myself when I was in corporate, I was managing a big team and it always stresses me when it comes to human resource issues. Okay? Okay. Uh, people management issues and having to deal with so many different personalities and day to day human challenges all right anything relationship based because we have people who come from different background and and way of thinking and way of communication so communication issues as well not to talk about the financial pressure to have to make sure that we make enough money to pay this labor. Okay. So I completely understand. So when you when you start your business, you'll be like, okay, no more people, no more, no more payroll. I just want to pay myself. I want to have everything uh done by me, and I don't have to depend on anyone. So uh I keep the costs low and I can't trust anyone. So let me just do it all by myself. That's okay too. I just want you to know, okay, before I go into talking about budgeting to hire a team now. There are a few things to consider. If you decide to stay small, okay, in the sense of operation, that means you don't have a team to help you. Everything is all you, 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 you. So in this sense, you are like a solo peroneer. There's nothing wrong with it. But know that there are um, a few things that you need to come to terms with. That means skilling the business, it's almost impossible <laughs> because there's only this much you can do by yourself so scaling almost becomes impossible so to and that also means that your earning capability your profit ceiling it's it's going to be like this instead of here okay so to be able to make that type of income that you truly desire seven figure eight figure income that you truly desire or high six figure, it may take a long time to get there or it may not get there depending on how you price yourself. So if you know that you only want to do everything yourself and you have zero desire to build a team, then you have to consider how to price your services so it is justify you doing everything yourself, the CEO of the business, the business owner, to make the income that you want. And that also means once you determine the fees that you want charged so that you are not experiencing experiencing burnout and you are not taking more than what you can chew and you have a quality of life and not running yourself to the ground, then the only way to make that happen is to charge a fee that justify your presence in every single thing that you do, okay? So you are working smart and not working hard. So you'll be able to make a lot of money by not having to put in a lot of hours, okay? And understanding the pricing is one thing. The next thing that you need to work on is your branding and messaging so that you're attracting the type of clients who can actually pay what you want to charge. All right? So, that's one way to scale your business income-wise to get to where you want to be without having to work very hard. Okay? And smart investment in your business where you can automate a lot of things. So, it takes you away from doing all these manual tasks. So, anything that requires your true presence okay true presence that cannot be automated that cannot be delegated and it's so it and it has to be done that's when you show up if anything can be automated then you should invest your money in those software that you don't have to do everything manually yourself so now your time is free up to do things that you actually have to have your presence and And that is also another way, okay? Now, for those of you who are thinking that I want to have a team, but I don't have the money to hire. So a team has different meaning behind. So a team could be a W-2 or W-9. W-2 is is an employee. A W-9 is a contractor. So M2 Hospitality, my event planning company, a multiple six-figure profit business, is... 100% reliant on W-2, which is contractor, okay? Not an employee. I do not want, again, you know, I still have this belief that I don't want to build a team. I don't want to have a big team. I don't want to manage people. So what I do is I hire contractors because I also understand that I don't want to do everything myself. And I also don't want to have a team a W-2, an employee. So what is the best compromise? The best compromise is to have a contractor. Contractors are people that I hire on a case-to-case basis, depending on what I need help for each of the projects or events that I take on. So this is a great compromise that I can skill my business in terms of the financial and also that I don't have to burn myself to the ground or burn, you know, have a burn out and, and burn myself to the ground in terms of working, working, working and doing everything myself. So how do I manage that? How do I budget for that, for a contractor? So when I get a project, okay, when I get a project, I understand the scope of work, okay? I understand the scope of work that needs to be done to execute this project. And then I asked myself, for this scope of work, what are the tasks that only I can do, and what are the tasks that I can automate, and what are the tasks that I can subcontract to a contractor? So once I determine that, a lot of times, if this this project, because my projects are you know some are small scale, some are super large. So I would say that on average, each project takes about like ten hours of work, but there's very small, Projects probably only take two hours. Two hours I can do is doing bang bang myself, or I can have a contractor to do that. So let's just take, for instance, I have a project that requires, um, let's say, 60 hours, okay, mid sized project, 60, 60 hours of work. And a lot of times I've come to the conclusion that I probably only need to show up no more than 20 hours of myself whereas the other 40 hours can actually be automated or have a contractor work on it. So if, for instance, I charge my client $150 an hour, okay, and that is a 60-hour project, so I will charge my client $9,000 for this project, okay? $9,000. If I were to only work 20 hours, all right, 20 hours, that means out of that $9,000, $3,000 is what I need to make sure that I keep. All right? Because I know that I will be working these hours. So that's the remaining $6,000 that I am I am able to hire somebody. Okay? So this $6,000, what do I do with them? Now, when I hire somebody to do the job, The contractor normally will cost less than me doing the job because I'm I'm expensive, right? So I am the talent behind the whole project. So I I hire somebody who's able to do the job and the task that I give to this person is able to match her experience to be able to do those tasks. So the 20% of my hours that I am spending are those tasks that she is not at that level of the skill set to be able to do do those things. Hence, I determine that I need to be able to work on these 20 hours of tasks that no one else can do except me. So for her, the 40 hours will be tasks that is at her skill level. It will be a waste of my time and my talent to be doing those 40 hours of work that is what we say beneath my pay grade, okay? and I can't assign her the task that's above her pay grade because she doesn't have the skill set to do it. Then what happens is remember I have the six thousand dollars left, right? So she will charge me probably thirty to forty dollars an hour. So in this case, she charged me thirty dollars an hour and she works forty hours. So, her cost, okay, for me is $1,200. So $1,200, I deduct that from the $6,000 budget that I have is $4,800 profit for me. So with the $4,800 profit, I add that to my $3,000 fee that I have to keep for myself because I'm doing the 20 hours of work. That means for this project, I made $7,800, okay? So in this case, I hired somebody to, you know, a contractor and I make $7,800. Now for those other business owners who have this thinking that hiring hiring a staff is expensive, hiring a team is expensive, I must well do everything myself because I get to keep the whole $9,000 myself. What is the opportunity cost? The opportunity cost is you are wasting 40 hours of your time, okay? 40 hours of your time that you could use to build your business or to work on other projects that require your true presence. So now I just free out 40 hours of my time and then I have another project, okay? And the other project again, I need to spend twenty hours of my time over there. So now I have three of these forty hours from the first project, and now I'm able to take on the second project. The second project is going to bring me three thousand. So now I am making some eight hundred dollars profit from the first project. Now I make another three thousand dollars from the second project. So if I'm doing everything in one day. The two events are on the same day. Okay, let's just say for instance, I actually have a payday of $10,800. Okay, but if I were to do everything myself for the very first event, I could not take on the second event because I don't have the time. So I will only make $9,000 instead of $10,800. Okay. In fact, it's actually more than $10,800 because I would duplicate the same process. So the other project is also $9,000 and I will net $7,800. Right? So I add that. So I actually will have a payday of $15,600. Okay? $15,600 because the second project, I again hire somebody else to do that 40 hours of work and I do the 20 hours. So it's exactly the duplication of the same project. So I have a payday of fifteen thousand six hundred, okay, instead of just nine thousand. That's how you skill. That's how you skill your business by paying a contractor. All right. So that's one formula. Now, for those of you who do not want to use a contractor, especially those of you in California, so you have very strict labor law. So we want to hire an employ or an, an employee. Okay, so an employee. So if you hire an employee, if you pay, if you you are figuring out how how can I afford this employee? My suggestion for you is, you know, again, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a financial planner, a disclaimer here. This is how I do it. Before I know that I can invest in an employee, that, that means I have to pay a salary, even if the business is making money or not. I want to make sure that the business have enough money, okay? Have enough money to pay for my, because I own the business as a full-time CEO, right? That means the business must give me an income that I can pay my personal bills as well. So I want to make sure that my business is bringing in enough revenue every month for at least six months, okay? Or I have a float or savings, okay? Or reserve of six months in my business bank account that can pay me a salary to pay my personal expense, that can pay the business expense, in addition, a six-month salary of the employee that I'm going to hire. So when you feel that you are at that point in time, okay, that you have this enough reserve, then I would say that you can consider hiring an employee. But that doesn't mean that that's the time that you start looking for an employee. You should already start looking and talking to people three to six months out, okay? And get a feel of how much this employee that you're going to hire, not a particular person, but this position is going to cost you. So you can start the budgeting. And why do I say that you need to have enough money to pay this employee or this reserve in your bank to pay for six months of expenses that includes your employee salary, six months? Because you need to give time for your employee to ramp up, to produce income. And this is what we teach inside our Empire Builders, which is our highest tier program in our mentorship program, The Unstoppable Event Entrepreneur. We talk about how to budget, for for hiring a labor and what is the measuring matrix in terms of their performance, how much money they need to bring back into the business to justify to hire this position. And a small tip, they cannot just bring in enough money to break even to pay for their own salary. It has to be at least 4 to 10 times of what you're paying them in order for you to have a profitable business. Otherwise, hiring this employee is going to break even. It doesn't make sense, okay? It doesn't make sense. So they're only bringing income to break even their salary. It doesn't make sense. So it has to be more than that so that you have additional profit left, okay? So this is how you budget for it. Now, Let's go back to this very first scenario as well, where you hire just a contractor, not a W-2, not an employee. You, a lot a lot of business owners, okay, like especially newbie event planners, what they do is they pay the, you know, just like me, they pay the contractor from the event fees that they touch the client, okay? they pay it from their own fees. Now I do not make that, I do not make that mistake. So, but I know quite a few of you actually do. Imagine if let's say this event, your event fee is $3,000. Okay. Your event fee is $3,000 because you need to, you really need to work that 20 hours and the 40 hours has to be done by somebody else. So you really need to work that 20 hours. And you only charge for that 20 hours instead of the total 60 hours, okay, your event fee. So you realize that, oh my God, I need to actually hire somebody, okay, I need to hire somebody to help me. And then you didn't charge the client. So you're paying it out from your own pocket. So what happened here is this mistake is often made when you get hired to do a job you know the job takes, let's say in this case, 30 hours to do. And you know that this all these 30 hours in reality doesn't have to be done by you. Okay? It can be through an assistant or through you. But you charge all 30 hours your fee. Okay? Hopefully. And you realize that it actually goes beyond 30 hours of work, all right? It's actually more than 30 hours of work because your client makes a lot of changes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it ended up to being a 50-hour project. Now, the additional 20 hours, now this is the mistake that many people make. The additional 20 hours that you had to work because of the client changes, okay, I'm going to give you two scenarios because of the client make all these changes. Hence, you have to end up working more than what you originally budgeted. So, this additional 20 hours, the mistake that many people make is they do not charge the client for the additional hours that you have to work because for XYZ reason, okay? So, they eat that cost themselves. So now... They are charging initially for 30 hours of um the 30 hours of their work. They now the fees that they collected for 30 hours of their work is now spread to 50 hours. So your return on investment just went down. Okay? So the way to counteract that is if that's the case, right? You better hire somebody a contractor who costs a lot less to do the additional work. So you are not reducing your return on investment by a lot, okay? So you don't have to work all 50 hours. You only have to work that 30 hours and then the other 20 hours, a contractor can do that work and you will pay them out from your own fees, but you are not losing a lot of money because the contractor costs a lot less than you, okay? You've got to go do the math. So my suggestion is to make sure that you actually go back to your client and tell your client that, hey, because of all this additional work, I need to charge you more, okay? I need to charge you more for those additional work I have to do. So you are not spreading the money that you collected initially among the additional hours that you work okay and when you charge the client for the additional hours if you know that it's not going to be you doing the additional 20 hours okay that because of her indecisiveness you're going to hire somebody who's cheaper so and this person costs 30 dollars you can actually charge a little bit so that you can make more money. So you can charge $50 an hour times by the 20 hours. You can charge the client additional $1,000, okay? For those 20 hours of work, instead of charging your regular rate of $150 an hour, instead of charging your client $3,000 for the additional 20 hours that you have to work, you charge your client only $50 $50 times by 20 hours, $1,000, okay? And out of that $1,000, right? Out of the $1,000, you actually still make a profit of $400 because the labor only costs you $600. So this is a win-win. And this strategy is great when you are uncomfortable to ask for more money for the additional work that you have to do to charge at your own rate that the client you have to go back to tell the client oh for the additional 220 or more hours i'm going to have to charge you 3000 whereas you know they have already you know they have already paid you for your initial fee and you feel bad that you have to go back and ask for a lot more money this is a good compromise you get you hire somebody who's able to do the job for the additional work and that somebody costs a lot less than the, than you and you can go back and charge your client at a nominal rate that yet you can still make that a little bit of profit after paying your contractor, okay? I know this session has a lot of numbers, a lot of calculation. You probably have to listen to it one more time to get this right. But I've given you a few solutions and suggestions as a boutique business. If you don't want to hire anybody, then you got to make sure that you charge a lot of money, okay, to have your fees. Or the hybrid, which is you hire a contractor or you hire a team like a full-time employee, which I also calculated, how do you budget for that? Okay. So hopefully this podcast gives you a general idea on how to budget for your team. And um, just know that another tip for you, when you hire a team or a contractor to do the work, you may not need to tell the client that somebody else is doing the work because the client is thinking that they're hiring you. You don't have to tell that client because all these are the back-end work, you know, so you're hiring an, as an admin to help you the back-end work and you are only the one facing the client, So, but you're getting the VA or the uh, assistance support, right? To do all this other stuff. You don't have to tell the client that. Or if you want, you may want to introduce the support to your client. So now you're extracting yourself from the day-to-day client-facing work. And now you're elevating the authority and the presence of your team member and now the client knows that they only, not only have to 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 go to you, they can also go to another person. It actually works out well in a sense that that the client feels more confident that, oh, they only can rely on you to get a quick response. There's also another person that can reach out to you. As long as you feel comfortable with that, and I truly believe to, in order for a company to grow in building a team, you have to elevate elevate the status of your team member to instill the confidence in your clients that they are as capable as you. So as a leader, you need to also spotlight your team member and encourage them to speak up more, to be more upfront and let them have more exposure to your your clients and yet still be kept in the loop of things, but not to be so deeply involved that you have to be at any activities That is client-facing that because that also means that it kills the amount of time that you can actually use to build your business. Okay? All right. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Don't forget to give us a rating, a review, subscribe, and also share our podcast because we want to be able to help a lot more event entrepreneurs out there. To start and grow their event planning business and really love their dream life doing what they love doing and be handsomely awarded for their passion. Talk to so you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Event Entrepreneur podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, can you do me a favor? Please leave us a review and also share our podcast so we can help more event entrepreneurs out there. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss any new episodes.